Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, Season 6, Episode number 34. Today, we're talking about how to use travel slash summer teams for development. Last week, I talked about five mistakes that you will often see in, in development with youth players. So this week, we're going to talk about how to use travel and summer teams for development. This is... I feel like a lot of times um, something that's overlooked, something that's not really considered. A lot of times you see players and parents pick teams and they jump from team to team and they're not actually using it for what it's intended to be used for. And so we're going to talk about, uh, I got four tips and I got some bonus tips, but I got four tips I'm going to go in detail on about how you can use your summer or tribal team uh, for development. So before we get into that, I want to welcome everybody to the show. If this is your first time, thank you. I appreciate you for listening. The SD, the SDP podcast is the only podcast that you can find that's strictly and just we only focus on skill development. So everything that we talk about on this podcast, on this platform is skill development. We don't talk about offense. We don't talk about defense. Um, if we do talk about those things specifically, it ties into skill development. So that's what that's our lane. That's what we like to stay. That's what we like to focus on. So uh, this is your first time again. Welcome. And this is if you've listened to my show consistently on a repeated basis, or if you you subscribed and you download or you listen to all the podcast episodes, I appreciate you. Um, I want everybody to stay on after the show. I am going to give you all my contact information and how you can direct message me on social media, my email address, my website, all that information, and some things that I may be doing that you could be interested in um, also. So I appreciate everyone. So let's go ahead and get this show rolling. So again, I'm going to discuss four tips for parents and players on how to use summer or travel basketball for development. Okay, so we're talking about for development. And before I really get into that, uh, I want people to understand the reason why I've been saying summer or travel team is because not every team is a quote unquote AAU team. All right. So let's talk about AAU. Um, I've done a podcast before in the past and we talked about AAU teams And in that particular podcast, I let everybody know that not every team that's put together, not every team that's constructed is a part of the AAU brand. Now, AAU stands for Amateur Athletic Union, and it has a lot of other sports outside of basketball. Okay, they have baseball, football, hockey, martial arts, track and field, volleyball and wrestling. Now, AAU has been around since like 19. Oh, I'm sorry, not 19, 1888. All right, they've been around a very long time. They have a mission statement, vision statement, cultural statement. Uh, to be a part of AAU, uh, each team and individual player must hold a membership. So the membership runs from September the 1st through August 31st. They have three club or team memberships, and they have athlete and non-athlete memberships. So any AAU tournament is actually sanctioned by the AAU organization. So when you hear a lot of parents say, oh, my son or child is playing AAU, 
ask them to show you their AAU membership card. If they can't show you their AAU membership card, then they're not a part of AAU. If they're not a part of AAU, then they're probably not participating in any sanctioned AAU events. And the reason why I say this is because AAU actually gets a bad rap when it comes to some of the events and some of the things that are going on during the summer and during the spring and the summer. There was actually a video floating around the internet a few weeks back of a fight breaking out at a at a summer basketball tournament. The referee got into a fight. There was kids fighting and adults fighting, and it was just a bad, bad look. And someone, or I guess someone that posted this video put out that this is what's wrong with AAU. And it was so bad that AAU had to make a statement and saying that they are not a part of this event. That event is not sanctioned by AAU. That is a totally different organization. So that is something that we're going to talk about. Um, and, and I'm not getting into the difference between AAU and some of these summer and travel teams, but I just think that it's important for you to understand, since we're talking about summer and travel teams, that you may have a team that's local. You may, and, and we'll get into this different types of teams, um, but you may have a team that plays, and we just sometimes use AAU as an umbrella and talk about all these things are part of AAU, and it's not. And I think part of it has to do with, because back in the day, even when I played, that's what you played under. Like you went and you had to get a membership to play in AAU tournaments. And now there are so many organizations and there's so many events and uh, circuits and all this different stuff. Everybody just kind of grouped it all under AAU. So uh, I just want to throw that out there. I think it's important to know that not every team is part of AAU. AAU have sanctioned tournaments and they hold people to a certain standard. I'm not saying that other organizations don't do that. But um, AAU is, is a complete different entity in all itself. All right, so let's get into tips for selecting a summer slash travel slash AAU team for development. Um, the first thing that you have to do that's really, really, really important is you have to set an individual goal. What is your individual goal? Determine what ways you want to get better. Talk to your school coach. You could talk to your trainer if you have one or any type of basketball mentor and discuss two to three skills that you think that need to be added to your game. All right. Make sure those skills complement each other. So if you're labeled a shooter and you're great at shooting off a of penetration, meaning you know, you have teammates penetrate, you know how to get into their line of sight, you know how to drift, you know how to lift, you know how to get open um, based off penetration. You're great at spotting up, you're great at coming off screens, you're, you're great at catch and shoot, you're great at three-pointers. Then you need to add skills that complement your game. And I've talked about this before in some previous podcasts about skill stacking. So what complements a catch and shoot or a three-point shooter is someone that can attack closeouts, right? So if the if the defender is closing out really hard, then you got to be able to put the ball on the floor for one or two dribbles to get into a pull-up or get to the rim and finish at the bucket. Now, I want to throw this in there. There are going to be some people that do not like the mid-range game, but I feel like at the youth level, which is what we're talking about, at the youth level, you have to be able to shoot the mid-range um, pull-up jumper. 
And especially if you're talking about, you know, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, into junior high and even into high school, uh, I feel like that should be a part of your game. Uh, you know, so I just I won't even get into that, but that's just that's just how I feel. I'm, I feel real strong in that. So you have to be able to attack closeouts. So if you are a player that's really good off the dribble, then what skills do you want to add? Well, I could be really good off the dribble. I can be really good at finishing at the rim. But what complements that? I have to be able to catch and shoot, right? So if I catch it, defense may close out short. I gotta I gotta make them respect my shot and be able to knock that down. So that's the first thing we have to do. Before we even select a team to play on, before we even consider a team to play on, we have to sit down with our circle of influence, our support team, our support system, and come up with two to three skills that we want to add to our game. It don't have to be three. You may only have one. You may only have two, but we have to come up with some type of plan. All right, tip number two. We have to set an in-game performance goal. This is just as important. This is just as important as setting an individual goal. What are your in-game performance goals? What areas do you struggle in when it comes to in-game performance? All right, it could be ball handling versus an aggressive defender. Shooting versus a defender. It could be uh, finishing through contact. Or do you lack playing time and experience? So this is important when it comes to selecting a summer travel or AAU team for development. Okay, we're doing this for development. Why is that important? Listen, your your individual goal and your in-game performance goal must mirror each other, right? You, You don't want or you want to try not to say, Okay, I have to get better with my ball handling versus pressure or an against of an aggressive defender. Then you select a um, a team to play on during the summer, and they're not allowing you to handle the ball. Now you're not really you're you're spinning your wheels, but you're really not making any progress, right? You're really not going anywhere. So we have to we have to think about these about these things. So I need to get better at handling the ball versus pressure. Um, I need to get better at my ball handling. And in the game, I got to be able to handle the ball versus an aggressive defender. That is going to be really important, okay? So we're talking about four tips to use, um, to use uh, travel and summer and AAU teams for development. Number one is set an individual goal. Number two, set an in-game performance goal. Number three, now we have to determine what type of team do we want to play for, okay? What type of team do we want to play for? There are several teams that you can play for, all right? So there's the local development team that don't travel outside of a, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half to two hours outside of your city. This could be a team of players that will that will or already attend the same school, Um so you may have a middle school team that have, you know, five or six players that want to play during the summer or seven or eight players that want to play during the summer. So they get together and they just play locally. Right. They may play in the league. They may play in a tournament, a couple of tournaments, but they're just playing together. Everybody's getting playing time. Maybe a parent is coaching them. They're running the same stuff they ran 
um, you know, in in middle school or they might invite their their junior high coach. You know, if they're in seventh grade and getting ready to play for a different coach in eighth grade, they might invite the eighth grade coach to come in one day and show them an offense, a couple out of bound plays, a zone offense. And then they just run that during during their during their tournament. So they will be acclimated and and familiar with the offense when the season starts. But they're just local. They're just playing to get to get some experience. There's also a and that's a developmental, a local development team. Okay, um, playing time is often guaranteed, but not totally. So they're gonna do their best to try to get everybody equal playing time. Not necessarily equal playing time, but playing time. Doesn't mean it's gonna be equal. But they know that the that the goal of this team is develop the players and hope that everybody gets better because they're they've got a much broader view of what they're trying to accomplish. So then you have a local competitive team. All right. But and, and this is a team that's going to still play local. They might be a younger team. They're not going to travel too far outside of their hometown, but they are more competitive. So. They look for really good competition in their area, right? Um, they might travel outside the state, but if they do, it's only for like one tournament. Like they're not traveling outside the state two or three times a month. They're not, you know, if you're in Texas, they're not going to Chicago. They're not going to Arkansas to play and then go to New Orleans and then over to Tennessee. You know, if, if you're in a, a, a major city like Dallas, you know, you're going to find some good teams right there. You're not going to travel to Oklahoma or New Orleans or, oh, there's a big tournament in Chicago. They're going to stay local and play, but they're looking for those competitive teams that's, that's you know, that, that they can compete against. So uh, it's a little more competitive, but they're really not traveling. And typically you might see that with some of the younger teams. They're not really traveling. It's a lot more competitive. And playing time is not guaranteed. It's based on your performance. So it could be local, but it's competitive. Number three is a national competitive team. Now, these teams typically have players from different cities throughout the state and sometimes neighboring states. So I'm in Arkansas. So if I was putting together a national competitive team, and this is a team that's going to compete on a national level, we might go to tournaments and in Texas, we may go out to Las Vegas. We might go to New Orleans. We might go to Florida. We might go to Chicago. We might go to Tennessee. And uh, I may have four or five players from from Arkansas. And that might be two players from the central Arkansas area, you know, Little Rock, Conway area. I may have somebody from, you know, the, the northeast part of the state, northwest part of the state. Then I may have one or two players from, from Tennessee. I may have a player from Louisiana. I may have a player from Texas, right? Um, or I may have five or six players from Arkansas and uh, one or two players from Oklahoma, a player from Texas, and a player from, you know, uh, Missouri or something. I don't know. You know, so now we're competing on a national level. I'm going to the big tournaments. I'm going to... Uh, tournaments where they're going to be scouts, evaluators, college coaches, you know, um, those big type of events. 
that's going to help our help our players get recognized and play against some of the better competition, right? The other type of team that you're going to have is going to be like your circuit teams, right? And these are teams that are sponsored by corporations like Nike, Adidas, or Nomer. Um, they usually have the best players in the state. Um, they're nationally ranked. Uh, several players have D1 scholarship offers. Um, the coaches are sometimes current or former high school coaches, former college coaches. They have big budgets and sometimes paid staff. Now, I want y'all to understand, if your child is not playing for a circuit team, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to get the opportunity to get a scholarship. You can play on a national competitive team, and, and national competitive team is just a term I use. I couldn't think of anything to describe it, so I just said national competitive team. Um, that, that could play on that team, and they could still get an opportunity to get a scholarship. You can even play on a local competitive team and get the opportunity to get a scholarship. But here's something I want everybody to understand. Just because you go to these big-time tournaments doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get scholarships. I think a lot of these teams, there are a lot of teams that are wasting time, money, resources, um, because they're going to these tournaments to play and like, oh, I'm taking my kids to Dallas. They need exposure. Like, well, you might be taking your team to Dallas. You might be taking your team to Chicago. But if you ain't on the main court where the coaches are, then your your kids are not going to be seen. So from what I've been told from event directors and, and coaches that's been in this game for a long time, you have to have relationships with those people, people that are putting together these events. You have to be able to get your team on the main court, uh, against some of the better teams, and so your kids can be exposed to those coaches. And I had one individual tell me he had, used to have a girls' team, and I think every girl on his team got a scholarship. Uh, I think he had 10 players on the team, and I would say at least eight of them got a scholarship. And uh, he said, man, I, you know, we're competing against some of the best teams in the nation, form, you, know, you know, future WNBA players, high Division One players that's going to places like, you know, ACC, SEC, Big 12, all these Power 5 schools. He said, uh, the best thing that we could do is just try to compete, you know, keep it around 12 to 15 points. So the smaller Division One schools that would be watching, um, you know, those mid-majors be like, hey, I like that kid. You know, their kids got a lot of energy. They can do this. They can do that. And then they're able to get scholarships. So it's it's a little more to this than just showing up to a tournament and thinking that, oh, it's going to be coaches there. They're going to they're gonna watch my kid. Um, so I would tell you this. I'm going to throw this out there. If you're playing on a team and your coach said, we're going to go to these tournaments because scouts and college coaches are going to be there. If you're on that team and nobody is being recruited, like none of them hold offers, you're probably not going to be seen, right? Coaches are not wasting their time when they go to these tournaments. They're not going to say, hey, you know, I see that, that, that you got, um, you know, you got some games that's 15 minutes away. Uh, I'm just going to go over there and check somebody out to see if I get lucky and find a diamond in the rough. No, they're not going to do that. They know who, who's going to be there. They got those players' schedules. 
They're going to look at those teams. They're going to watch those players. Now, if there's another player that's on the court that they're playing against that catches their eye, then they'll start trying to keep up with them. If they know that a certain team or certain team or organization typically produces good players, then they may be looking at that schedule and say, oh, well, this particular team, um, you know, this is their eighth grade team. This is their ninth grade team. They're going to play. Let me go check them out to see if they have anything that's up and coming. But if they don't know who you are and you don't have a, you don't have a name for yourself, the chances of those coaches just going in and watching your games are very slim. I hate to break it to you. Okay. All right. So, um, so you got an individual goal. You got an in-game performance goal. Now you you have to you know have to think about what type of team you want to play for. Is it local, non-competitive? Is it local competitive? Is it like a national traveling competitive team, or is it a, a circuit team? Uh, also, with the circuit team, they're not going to have open tryouts. Um, if they know about you, they'll ask you and invite you to play on that team. So you have to be really, really good to get on those teams. Um, if you're playing on a local competitive team and you're not getting playing time, you're probably not going to be able to play on the circuit team. Okay. Uh, so now, number four, select a team that will help you reach your individual goal and in-game performance goal. So this is where the rubber meets the road, right? So you got your individual goal. You know what you need to do in the performance goal. Um, you know the different types of teams or the type of team that you want to play for. And you may have a few options. Now you got to select a team that's going to help you reach your goals, right? So you need them to help you become better individually and a better in-game performer, right? You would need a coach that would teach you some skills, all while challenge you to perform those skills in the game. This is where you have to be honest with your skills and abilities, because if you're an average to above average player, then you need to find a team where you can get better and get on the floor. It's not about, oh, I want to play for this team because they get all this gear. They get bags, shoes, socks, Compression shorts, they got three different uniforms, they got t-shirts, they got the sweatpants, they got the shooting tops, they got the hoodie. Like, all that stuff don't matter, right? And I know it looks good, you know, players get excited, but that that doesn't help you get any better, right? You can walk in and look like a, a Division One college program and then get out there and play like a, a YMCA team. So it don't matter how you look. It's all about how you perform and how you play. Um, but if if you are average to maybe a little above average, you know, and so you may need to play a developmental team. And that's going to be based on your goal, what you're trying to accomplish, your age, and then that helps you find the team that you're that you're needing. If you are looking for exposure, that's different. Then you will have to find a different type of team. But you have to find, but when you're looking for a team to develop, these are some of the things you have to look for. Okay? Um, you have to understand your goal, your individual goal, your in-game performance goal, understand the different types of team, and then select the type, the, the team that's going to help you reach those, those goals. So, you know, if you need to, 
if you need experience, then you need to find a team where you can play. You don't need to be on a team just because, oh, I'm part of such and such organization. It don't matter. You know, we're trying to get better over the, over the course of the spring and the summer. That's what, that's what we need to do. I don't need you to go play for this team so you can be buried on the end of the bench just so, just so you can say that, hey, you know what? Uh, I got all this gear. I'm taking all these pictures on Instagram. I'm swagged out. But you're on the bench swagged out. Right? You ain't even got to wash your uniform because you ain't using it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's dumb. I said it. I was trying not to say it today. <laughs> but that's dumb. Okay? So find a team that you can go get better and develop. So now here are some bonus tips that I have. All right. So these are some bonus tips and these are really for the parents because parents, we have to understand we have to put our kid in the best situation for them. We have to put them in the best situation. We're here to guide them. Right. We're here to guide them. Number one, here's a bonus. Here's some bonus. And I have four bonus tips. Uh, Check out the learning environment. So basically, that's a.k.a. go to a practice. See how the coach teaches and see how the coach coaches the team. Ask the parents questions. Is there, and, and check for things like, is there discipline? How does the coach talk to the players? Like, what happens in practice? Are they actually learning or are they just scrimmaging? Because if they're just scrimmaging, there's, there's value in scrimmaging, but it has to be done in the right way. If the players are doing two-line layers, three-man weave, um, and that takes up 30 minutes of practice, and then the coach just says, give me five offensive players, five, first team on offense, second team on defense, all right, we're going to work on, um, you know, I have court offense. And then they're just scrimmaging up and down the court, and he's yelling at them, y'all ain't running the play right. Then that's not a good learning environment. So that means that your kid is not going to get some information that's going to be valuable for them to help their development, which means that they're going to lack in some areas and they're not going to reach their, their individual or in-game performance goals. So we have to go to a practice. Uh, you might want to check out a game. Uh, look for things like, do everyone get to play? How does the coach conduct himself during the game? Ask the coach. Now, here's something you may want to try. Ask the coach if your son or daughter can practice with the team and play just one weekend to see if it's a good fit. And this is huge because I don't mind wasting money. Like if my child was in that situation and they say, okay, well, we ask every parent to play to pay $30 uh, for the tournament. So I can pay $30. A lot of these tournaments here in Arkansas, they charge you $10 to get in. So uh, I pay $30 for my child to play. I pay 10 my wife. I pay 10 for me, myself, uh, my, my daughter, my other daughter, and my wife. So I paid another $30. So I paid $60 for my child to play, plus food and all that stuff. So let's say I, I end up spending $100 that weekend, right? And let's say if it's just a one-day tournament. I end up spending 60. Uh, we go out to eat a whole nine. Let's say $100, $125 that weekend. I can make that money back. I can earn that back. I can do something to earn that $125 back, but I can't earn back my time. So I would much rather look at that as an investment to see if this is a good fit for my kid 
Uh, how is she welcome on the team? How does the coach treat my daughter? How does my daughter mesh with the other players? How did my daughter mesh with the team? Because what I don't want to do is waste the team's time, and I definitely don't want to waste my time. I don't want to start playing with my daughter or my daughter playing on the team. And I said, oh, just give us some time in to get better. And then we're halfway through the summer or into the summer, and it's July, and I'm like, oh, this is the worst experience ever. Uh, let me see if I can find another team. But by that time, it's going to be too late. You might as well just ride it out or just quit. Okay, so I would I would see if if that's something that could happen. Um, the other thing that you want to do, get a copy of the team's practice and game schedule. If they don't have it, then that shows you they're not very organized. <laughs> so do they call practice the night before? Do they have a designated place to practice? Like those things are important because we know during the summer, parents are scheduling. You know, if you have a kid that's you know, if you got kids that's, that are not teenagers, you may not want them to stay at home by themselves um, while you're at work. So you may, and coach may call practice earlier during the summer. So you have to make sure that they have rides and, and transportation to and from practice. Um, you know, it helps you with your schedule and how you can plan out your week. So if you know that they're going to practice two days a week on Wednesday and Sunday or Tuesday and Thursday, you may not, they may not necessarily have the location until the night before, but you will be like, okay, I know we're going to have practice twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. Coach told us that. So I'm prepared for it. I'm just waiting for him to text me and tell me where I can work with that. But if you text me on Monday night at eight o'clock and say, Hey, I was able to get a gym. We're going to have practice tomorrow from six to eight. I'm going to be a little frustrated because I've probably already planned and scheduled my day, right? So uh, that just kind of lets you know what to expect. And then knowing about team fees, right? Are there uh, any upfront fees? I know some teams charge $100. I know some teams that charge as much as $1,000. So are there any upfront free fees? Are parents required to pay per tournament practice? So sometimes you have to rent a gym. Coach, and some of these teams don't have sponsors. So if they don't have sponsors, um, you know, they may charge 60, 70. I know in New York, I had a friend contact me talking about they have to pay, I think, almost $100 an hour. You know, that's a lot of money. And here in Arkansas, we pay the city. I mean, if you want to rent a gym, it's like $30 an hour. So, you know, you look at, you're talking about $200 an hour. So if a team wants to practice for two hours, you got 10 players on the team, you know, parents may have to pay $20 a piece to cover the gym fee. And then if you have a tournament that's three, $400 to play in, each parent may have to pay another $20 or $30. Or some teams, like I say, may just have an upfront fee. Are there monthly dues? They may have dues and say, hey, look, instead of collecting money every practice and every, every tournament, we're just going to have monthly dues. Those monthly dues may be as little as $75, $50, or it may be as much as $100, $200, or even $300 a month. But are there, uh, are there dues? And where did those dues go? Like, is part of that going to uh, gym rental and games? And is the coach getting a portion of that? Where is that money going? Uh, and here's something else that's important. Can you get a refund if you pay any upfront fees and your child gets hurt and can't play, right? 
what's the policy on that? Um, if if a team asks for a thousand dollars and you play, and that thousand dollars is supposed to cover your team from, let's say March through August, and the first of May your child gets hurt, right? They break an ankle, or they tear the ACL, um, you know, and you been through half the summer. Did you get a refund on the other half of the money or is it gone? Like, I think that those things are important questions to ask. They may say, no, you know, we have that tied into tournaments and all that stuff and everybody has to pay their part. And, you know, and, and that's cool. If they say you don't get it back, then, you know, that's cool. But you know what to expect, because I feel like if you can't afford to pay the thousand dollars, you probably don't need to do it. Or if you can't afford to pay the two fifty. You probably don't need to do it or you need to set up some type of payment arrangement with with the with the team. So that is it. That is how I feel like you need to use travel summer teams for development. Um, you got to have your goal, your individual goals. You got to have your inform in game performance goals. Excuse me. Um, you have to know what type of team you want to play for. And then you have to select the correct team that's going to help you reach your goal, your individual goal and your in-game performance goal. That is key. That is huge. That is huge. That is huge. Um, If you're wanting to travel, if you want to be local, but you have to have a a coach and a staff and an organization that's going to help you individually, and it's going to also give you opportunities to excel in the game. Um, That's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Um, So, and then, you know, in addition to the bonus tips that I gave you also, I think they are important to help you select the right situation to put your child in. So that is it. Uh, y'all be sure to check me out on social media. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse. My handle is at NBNBball. Um, if you listen to today's show and you found anything valuable, share it, retweet it, post it to your story on IG. Snapchat it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know if you still. I I got a Snapchat account. But I don't ever get on there. Um, and I will. I will reshare it. I will repost it. I appreciate y'all. I really do. Um, you know, listening to the show, listening to the podcast. There are times I don't want to do it, but I think about the people that do listen to it, and I say, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 record a record an episode. So I appreciate y'all for for listening. Um, check out my website, tjonesfirm.com. It has all my information about services that I offer, uh, my consulting, the whole nine. If you ever need to contact me about anything, send an email to info at tjonesfirm.com. Um, if you need information on skill development consulting, contact me. I've been working with, with some uh, high schools all across the country on developing a skill development program, a custom program for their team so they can, everybody can be on the same page. We're using their terminology. We're using some of the things that I have and we're collaborating together and we're putting this all together in a document that they can use as a staff and as a team and also as a recruiting tool. So if you're at a uh, high school and, and I know that some areas of the country, kids go to different 
you know, middle schools, and then they had to figure out what high school they're going to go to. And they go and they visit these high schools, and it's great to be able to pull that out and say, hey, this is how we develop players. This is what we do. And uh, so I've, I've got some, some, some examples I can show you. So if anybody is interested in something like that or inquiring about that, y'all be sure to shoot me an email at info at tjonesfirm.com, and uh, we can discuss it. We can jump on a quick Zoom call, and we can discuss it and talk about um, how I can help you in that area. Well, that is it. I appreciate everyone for listening. I thank y'all so much again um, for uh, for listening to the podcast. And until next time, thank y'all. God bless.